Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is June the 1st, and our reading comes from John chapter 20. I'm going to read the entire story. It's the resurrection story. Verse 1 says this, Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. Now, I love that because John is referring to himself in the third person and says about himself, I'm the disciple out of all of us. I'm the one that Jesus loved. And the truth is, man, it would be good. In fact, it would be life-changing if every one of you could honestly say about yourself, I am the disciple. I'm the child of God that Jesus really loves. Man, I pray that, that you would believe that and feel that it would change everything, right? And so she ran and found Simon Peter. She finds John. She says, they've taken away the Lord's body out of the tomb. We don't know where they've put him. Well, Peter, the other disciple, started out for the tomb. They were both running. I love this. Watch. John points this out. But the other disciple, who is John, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I just think it's so funny. John's telling the story of the resurrection, but he has to point out to everybody that Peter and I were both running and I'm faster. I'm a better athlete. I can beat Peter in a foot race. So funny. Verse five, he stopped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter, slow Simon, finally arrives And he went inside. He also noticed linen wrappings lying there, and while the cloth that had covered his head was folded up in line apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. So not only was John faster at running, he was faster to believe, he points out. Verse 9, for until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. Well, Mary, she's still hanging out. So she's standing outside the tomb crying, verse 11. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head, the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been laying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Well, because they've taken my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I'll go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which means teacher in Hebrew. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go and find my brothers. Tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. So Mary goes to the disciples and reports that she has seen the resurrected Jesus. Jesus is alive. Well, then Jesus appears to all the disciples. And in verse 24, it says, one of the disciples, Thomas, was not there when Jesus appeared. 
And so all the disciples said to Thomas, hey, Jesus is alive. Well, Thomas said this in verse 25, I won't believe until I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Well, eight days later, once again, Jesus appears to all the disciples. And then Jesus says to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Now, in the story of the resurrection in John's account, there are these four characters. And I just want to highlight what Jesus did for these four people. For Mary, he gave her freedom. Remember when Jesus met Mary, she was demon-possessed, being dominated, controlled by the devil, and Jesus comes and sets her free. And boy, that's good news because Jesus came to set captives free. Jesus came to give you freedom, to give me freedom. We do not have to live in addiction, in bondage to sin. Jesus came to set us free. You say, what's the key to to freedom? The key to freedom is coming out of hiding, not allowing shame to isolate us, and being open and transparent with both Jesus and a group of believers that we can trust. And as we experience their love together, we can grow in our freedom. Secondly, Jesus provided John friendship. Man, he's the disciple that Jesus loved. And again, that's what we're trying to do in this podcast. We want to learn to be with Jesus so we can become like Jesus. We want Jesus to be our friend, our constant companion. We're learning to live in the presence of God. And for John, that was life-changing. And for me and for you, that's life-changing. We're learning to live in his presence, to be his friend. And as we're with Jesus, we're becoming more and more like him. With Peter, God gave Peter purpose. Remember, Peter was a businessman, a fisherman. And uh, Jesus came to him in Matthew chapter 4 and said, follow me. And for now on, rather than fishing for fish, you're going to fish for men. And man, I think that's so important that Jesus gives us purpose. He allows us to live for a bigger cause, a bigger story, that life is not just about having a job and paying the bills. Life is about making a difference. In fact, listen, it doesn't matter how much money you make, you were created to make a difference. And if you learn to make a difference, man, that will give you so much life. And Peter discovered that. And then for Thomas, Jesus gave him faith, right? Thomas, we call him Doubting Thomas. He was struggling to believe. But what I love is Jesus wasn't offended by his unbelief, wasn't offended by his questions, wasn't offended by his need for proof. And so when Jesus appeared to Thomas, he said, Thomas, look, here's the proof that you need. Look at my hands. Look at my side. Put your hand here. Listen, don't doubt any longer. I'm giving you plenty of evidence. Believe. And I think he would say the same thing to all of us. There's no need to doubt. In fact, the evidence for the resurrection, just like for Thomas, is is overwhelming. It's overwhelming for us. In fact, a great resource. Let me give you a couple of good resources for this. One is called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. One is called The Case for Christ. One is called Person of Interest. Three incredible books. In fact, let me give you another book. 
I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Another great book. So there's a four great books. The evidence for our faith, for the Word of God, for the resurrection of Christ— really is overwhelming. It takes far more faith to deny Christ, to deny Christianity, than to believe. Jesus would say, listen, don't doubt any longer. Believe. Believe. So I just love that. Jesus came to give all of us freedom and friendship and purpose and faith. And man, he wants to give all of that to you. Let me pray for you, Father. I pray for every person listening. God, I pray for all of us that you would lead us to a growing measure of freedom. God, I pray that you would deepen our friendship with you. God, I pray that you would clarify our purpose. Give us a vision for how we can make a difference in the world for your kingdom. And God, build our faith. I'm so grateful that being a Christian is not a blind leap, that we put our faith in the truth. So God, help us to see the truth and to doubt no longer, but believe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me again today. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.